HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, you have indeed reached Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. But before we can take off on this week's road trip, we need to fill up the tank, which is code for pay the bills, which is code for run the commercials for the folks who are enabling us to go on these agave road trips. So sit back and Chava and I will circle back to you in a second. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by MezcalForLife.com. MezcalForLife.com offers a curated selection of rare mezcal accessories handmade by artisans in the heart of Oaxaca. Stick around after this episode to learn how you can get things like Sal de Gusano and carved ticaras without having to go to Mexico by ordering through MezcalForLife.com. But for now, strap yourself in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, I want to talk about rural Mexico. Oh, specifically rural Mexico. Nothing that looks like a city. <laughs> yes, nothing that looks <laughs> like a city. So, you know, this is uh, this is this episode of Agave Roadship is appearing the same week as I believe our episode of Wine Enthusiast. We were interviewed by the Wine Enthusiast podcast. We felt really important. Yeah. And there's a <laughs> phrase that I've been seeing popping up uh on all of these wine forums uh, that brings to mind something about rural Mexico that I, I think is sort of the other side of the coin, if you will. So the phrase, the mm. phrase I'm talking about here is regenerative viticulture. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen that all over the wave. Uh, it's, it's rather common and trendy these days along with natural wines, uh, volcano wines and minerality. <laughs> volcano wines. <laughs> So yeah, so I've been seeing it a lot, and when I when I see that phrase, you know, and and this is this is way more your area than it is mine, um, Chava. But when I see regenerative viticulture, what it says to me is we really screwed up the land, <laughs> and so we're going to plant a bunch of grapes in the right way. And I'm not entirely sure what the right way is, but we're going to plant grapes in the right way, such that we will help to heal the earth that we have harmed. 
Yes, or if it's an untouched area of land that somehow has saved itself, we're going to make it in such a way that it's going to be in better shape than what it is right now. Right, right, right. So, you know, this all puts me in mind of the milpa. Milpa. Yeah, which honestly, I'm pretty sure it's a little bit older than this concept (laughs) that you're talking about. (laughs) Right, right. So, okay. So, what exactly is milpa? Why don't we Why don't we pull a quote from uh, from our friend Vinicure, right? Who um, let's pull a quote from Vinicure about what milpa is. Let's go. Well, I, I put it in the um, terms the anthropologists and archaeologists put it, which is the etymology of the word is where food grows. Right. So this can mean many different uh, things and elements. Right now, milpa is associated with the cultivation of three particular things, corn, beans, and squash, along many other foraged greens, I guess. I don't know if I'm putting it right. Um, These other herbs are called kelites. So milpa is this whole ecosystem of things growing together, as well as also bugs, insects, uh, the grasshoppers hidden here in Oaxaca. Uh, and other things that grow in that place where the food grows. Okay, so thank you, Vinik. Um, and anybody, you know, if you come down to Oaxaca, uh, you, you come down to Oaxaca like I'm there right now. I'm in my basement in Chicago. <laughs> you wish, when, you wish. When you go to Oaxaca, uh, definitely look Vinik up. He's got a mezcaleria where you can drink some beautiful agave spirits. He's got a little restaurant where you can eat some beautiful food that's grown in the milpa of different communities. Uh, and uh, and then he also does tours where he'll take you to those beautiful communities. Um uh, and we'll put a link on the webpage on our website, agaveroadtrip.com, so that you can find him. And he has some really cool essays as well. Uh, if you can read Spanish, I, yeah. I really, really much uh, encourage you. Or just put it through Google Put it through Google Translate. It'll be fine. Translate, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so that's what milpa is. And it feels to me, and, you know, and again, this is your area, Java, not my area, but it feels to me like, in essence, regenerative viticulture is we screwed things up and now we're going to fix it with grapes. Whereas milpa feels to me like this is how they they never stopped growing all these things together in order to create a more sustainable environment. Not even a more sustainable, in order to sustain the environment forever. Yes, and I... Something that I found so fascinating about what Binnick told us, well, there's two things that I want to point out. The first one is he says milpas will change depending where you are. Yeah, like traditionally, people will refer to it as a place where cabbage, beans, and corn are collaborating together. And squash. Squash and flowers sometimes. But again, it changes so much. And he was referring to a specific plant, gelites which is something that we eat a lot here in Mexico. And just to give you an idea of how diverse milpas can be with each other, within each other, in a small space, in Mexico mm-hmm. City, he said some people studying milpas identified up to 3,600 3, different species of quelites. <laughs> this little green thing that we don't even know what it is up here. Exactly, which is delicious, by the way. But but it's all I'm saying is it's it's a oasis of diversity, milpas. I guess that's the 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 best way to define it or how I'd like to think about it. 
Okay, so what does all of this have to do with the beautiful agave spirits that we drink and the beautiful wines that people drink? What is what is what does this have to do with that? Well, there's different ways to think about this. I think the most common way I, I found people explaining this is uh, to say that these different crops influence the flavor that comes out of the agave. Because there was corn, there was beans, there was flowers. All those things will further enrich the flavor profile of the agave. And therefore, you're going to get something uh, more tasty, more interesting. But the one way, and I might agree with that. Mm-hmm. What, what I do think is it makes it more resilient. I think it makes agave more resilient to plagues. Uh, it does have a lot of the principles that you find in the notions of regener- regenerative agriculture, which is better carbon sequestration, have healthier water systems, uh, prevent soil erosion, all those good things that, of course, we all want, right? But the other part of this that I had never thought about is how these different things growing together can create a food and flavor landscape that becomes the heritage of a community. Does that hmm. make sense? Uh, well, sort of. I mean, it's it sounds a little hocus-pocus to me. <laughs> Why is that, Lou? Well, just because it grows in the same place, does it, like, is it really going to taste better together? I, like, I'm not sure that I, I believe that. Well, Exactly. But that's that's the beauty of this. It doesn't have to. What is really interesting is when these people start paying attention to the different flavors that exist within their communities and they start transforming these foods to make each to make it each other complement between them. In in a way I like to think it almost as ballet. You know, when you go and and watch ballet, there's ba- such ba- crazy ballet. The dancing. Ballet, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, Sorry good, for good. the Spanglish. Uh, it's just it's beautiful because of how synchronous, even if they're making different things, even if they're not all of them are making the same move, all the moves come together to create a beautiful composition. And that's hmm. by design. That, that just hmm. didn't just happen. So I think that that's what happens in these communities. And therefore, I think that's why we have such many different ways in which mezcal tastes. I mean, you're the first <laughs> one that will say that... From one community to the other, you have such yeah. crazy differences. In somebody could tell you that was made in Kazakhstan, and you will believe them because yeah. it's so different to what you tasted twenty miles away. Yeah, yeah, ten miles away. How can that happen? Yeah, you know that, that's interesting. So explain this to me then. Here's oh, a curveball for you, John. Oh, explain this to me. Why is it that the last thing in the world I want to eat when I'm drinking beautiful agave spirits are chiles? Because you're broken. there's something about a chili to me that actually like even if i like the taste of the chili pepper um and i you know and i like the taste of the agave spirit i don't tend to like them together you're broken lou i'm very sorry you had to be born there so so you actually do like both together oof i love i love a slightly warm agave spirit and then something spicy and just the nuclear reaction that that creates on my mouth yeah it's lovely no well, okay, so maybe this is a different God. You know, part of what Venik was talking about was the culture of the community, right? And maybe this really does speak to the fact that I am a gringo, that like I, that I right that I'm not part of that community. So that puzzle is foreign to my palate. Well, I'd like to think of this as when I see gringos trying to dance in the middle of a party in uh, in Mexico. 
you mm-hmm. guys, your your body, I mean, there's some wonderful exceptions, but most of you, you have not had a lot of chance to train your body to dance. Therefore, most often than not, you guys look rather ridiculous. You don't belong <laughs> in that, uh, <laughs> with, with all the love that, that I have yeah, for yeah, you no, guys. No, no. I, I, love, I love that when we're talking about this stuff, it's you guys. You don't want to actually point me out individually. So I appreciate no, that. No, 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 no. I don't want to sickle with you. <laughs> but, you know, but the other thing that this also says to me um, when we're talking about this food landscape is maybe it all goes together because it's meant to stay together in this place. Oh, right? No. Like maybe, maybe part of the problem, one of the reasons that, that we need regenerative viticulture uh, in order to regenerate is because we've been moving stuff too far away from where it is and the damage to the environment in moving it, um, it's, well, that's, that's one piece of damage, but the other damage is when somebody like me, and I, you know, I hate to say this cause I love visiting Mexico, but when I jump on an airplane and I fly down to Mexico Am I damaging the very thing that I love that I'm going there to see? I I think there's various ways to think about this. And the first one is you yourself, you are not damaging the space because that's one of the big benefits of having such a diverse system like the Mil País mm-hmm. is that it's very resilient to foreign entities like yourself. <laughs> so so it, <laughs> it's built up an immunity to Lou Bank. Yes, uh, but the other part, and you are not wrong about this, is we as human species have made a lot of things that strain uh, rural areas. And a part of that, it's, yes, it's the, the the contamination that we have in the water, but it's also when every time we take an airplane, it's every time we put 50 tons of avocado to travel to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've done a lot of that. So, phew, I unfortunately, I'm not 80 years old to have a, a better solution or a better way to say that, how can we fix this? I just think milpa can be the tip of the iceberg. It's it's a, it's something you do hmm. to, to solve that little part of how I grow the things. Now, what do I do with the things? That's a whole different story that we need to think. God, further. you know, it's, it's an interesting, if you, if, boy, if you think about it as... Um, if we bring things from other communities to our community to consume, if we make that the spice as opposed to the uh, the or the side dish as opposed to the meal, do you get that concept? Um, like like just a tiny little bit comes from outside, and the main meal yeah is from comes the... is comes somewhat local. Like yeah, you know, I guess that's the whole yeah. I, I think we will be eating some. Honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of gringos, when they visit Mexico, they're so surprised about the flavors that they found here. They find yeah. here. A lot yeah. of you guys are eating very simple food, very very simple food, but it yeah. tastes like something. If you have a cabbage, it tastes like a cabbage, right, and right, you right. are not so used to that. And uh, I, I think that's one of the big benefits of not moving things very far away. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, well. I think with that, Chava, on that happy note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna wrap this episode, and uh, and I'll catch you next time. Yeah, if I, I I'll cheer with my glass of wine, Lou. Adios, <laughs> hasta pronto. Hey, Lou, I know you miss coming to Mexico because you miss hanging out with me so much. But is there anything else you miss? I miss drinking with you. Same thing. I miss driving the back roads of Mexico with you. Same same thing. I uh, I miss hitting parked cars because you tell me I have enough room to get by when I don't. <laughs> that didn't happen, but uh, that did happen. But uh, 
don't you also miss picking up all the beautiful objects you find in your trips to Mexico? Not as much as I wish I'd miss that parked car that you swore I wouldn't hit. But yes, yes, Chava, I miss the mercados, the artisans, the beautiful clay and the beautiful glass. Well, you don't need to miss that anymore. Just because you can't come to Mexico doesn't mean Mexico can't come to you. Why, Chava, you must be talking about our sponsor, MezcalForLife.com. I am indeed, Lou, and I'm talking about their hand card kicker. I love them so much. Oh, they look so beautiful on the table. Ah, and their sal de gusano. Oh, the salt made with the worms from the agave. Well, technically caterpillars, but yeah, I guess. The salt made with the caterpillar from the agave. (laughs) And I'm talking about the black clay salt containers for the sal de gusano. Oh, the black clay. It's so pretty. Oh, yes. And uh, from San Bartolo, Coyotepec. I just love it so much. But anyways, MezcalForLife.com has all this and so much more. A full selection of the beautiful things you bring back from Oaxaca to make your mezcal collection complete. I want a complete mezcal collection. Yeah, because your mustard jars. Jesus. MezcalForLife.com can help you with that, Lou. Head to MezcalForLife.com now and fill up on all the things you missed from your agave road trips to Mexico. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. A Gabby Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.